podcasting from my sex writing cave, where all the smut happens in real life and my head are on paper, this is the Smutlancer Podcast, a weekly show where we discuss writing and creating content about sex and getting paid to do it. I'm your host and fellow Smutlancer, Kayla Lords. Welcome to episode 18. Full credit for this episode, uh, yet again, to Kara T for inspiring the idea. She didn't know she was, she didn't mean to, but she totally did. She started a conversation on Twitter about the necessity or the requirement or should we, shouldn't we on commenting on blog posts. And that set my mind in sort of a broader direction, which is figuring out what you should do as a creator and what you don't really have to do. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. The Smutlancer podcast is produced every Wednesday and show notes are found at thesmutlancer.com. Follow me there or on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at thesmutlancer. This week's episode is brought to you by Blueberry, a podcasting hosting solution that makes podcasting affordable and easy. If you're thinking of creating audio content and want a hosting service and plugin that integrate with your website and offer great analytics, check out Blueberry. I use Blueberry for this podcast, the Loving BDSM podcast, and the Masturbation Monday podcast, and it's easy, affordable, and has great tech support. Use the code Kayla Lords, all one word, to get one month free to try it out. Again, that's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com, and use code Kayla Lords for one month free. So yes, as I said at the beginning, total credit to Kara. This was not my idea. She sort of inspired it and I started thinking and I wouldn't have started thinking about it without her. So I wanna make sure she gets all the credit for that. Um, And it was an interesting conversation that she started about, you know, when, for those of us who are sex bloggers, we participate in all these memes. One, cause it, you know, helps spur our writing. Two, it creates part of the community. Three, it does, you know, bring more people to your website. And all of those things benefit us in multiple ways. But there, for many years, there's sort of been this um, expectation that you will go and you will read and you will comment on everybody's post. And several years ago, commenting on blog posts was seems to me to have been a lot more popular than it is now. Um, it's actually fairly rare um, that a blog post I write that's not part of an ongoing meme gets more than maybe one comment, if that. Some posts don't even get that many. And so that was where the conversation started um, with Kara on Twitter about, well, I can't and we don't and should we and shouldn't we? And I realized or I was reminded, it's not a realization, I know it, it was a reminder that as creatives, as people who create content of some sort, um, we use a very artistic part of our brain, we have a lot of self-doubt and we question, is this what we're supposed to do or is that what we're supposed to do? And I have no doubt there are many, many reasons for why that is partly on an individual basis based on our own personality and partly, you know, something about what it, means to sort of be a creative person and to create something for the world to consume. And, you know, I'm sure certain um, ways of thinking or patterns of behavior are probably pretty commonplace among us all. Um, I'm not going to get into the why we do that. I I know that we do it and that is the, the main point. But when you find yourself in this loop, and I don't really care what kind of content you're creating, if you're putting something out on the internet to be consumed in some way by other people, um, there are gonna be questions in your head of, well, do I have to do this? Do I have to do that? Should I do this? Should I do that? Do Can I forget that? Can I? I mean, there's all these questions, right? So this is not the definitive list of all the things you have to do or you don't have to do. And let me say at the very top, 
you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. Okay. This is your creative life. Um, whether you're trying to earn money or whether it's just a creative outlet for you, you get to forge your own path. And I really think that's what gets most people kind of screwed up is wait a moment, but what are the rules? If you just give me this checklist to follow, I'll do all the things correctly. And won't that lead to success? Well, quite frankly, not necessarily. And there is no one single checklist of do all these things and it will all end perfectly for you. So this is more about some of the things from my perspective, as always, that I think you should should do or things you don't really have to do, but always, always, always think about what works best for your life, for your creative style, for your goals, for where your headspace is at any given moment, all of that, okay? Because that really is what determines the answer to any of these things. But so let's start with what you should do. I'm going to still have the conversation. And I I think that um, some of these will fulfill that all that that huge caveat I just gave, gave. So one of the things you should absolutely do as often as you can is create the absolute best content that you can at that moment. And I add at that moment, because if we decide that every time we sit down at a keyboard or every time we get out our camera or every time we turn on a can, you know, the, to, we start recording ourselves, whatever that might be, we think that it has to be the quote best that it's ever been. Oh my God, you're going to set yourself up for failure. You're probably going to procrastinate. You're not even going to do it. And you're going to question yourself into the ground and it might, it, you're going to make yourself a mess. So I say, create the best content that you can at that moment, okay? I promise you, in nearly 1,800 pieces of content on my personal blog, maybe a couple hundred of those pieces would I stand up against some of the best writers and go, no, this is my absolute best work. This shit's good. All that other stuff might have been me having a bad day, might have been me not proofreading myself very well. Maybe I didn't explain myself very well, but it was what I needed to create in that moment that was the best I could do. And I felt the need to create, and so I did, and I gave it my best shot. Is it always my absolute best that I've ever done? Of course not. Now, when you're working for clients, the pressure is a little bit higher because they need your best as often as possible because you are representing them out into the wider world and they're paying you for a service. So if you're, if you take this and apply it to your client life, there is a bit more pressure. It means that you have to really work out when is the best time for you to create and when isn't and how to keep yourself calm and how to get yourself kind of in the zone so that you're at your top, your best is consistently better than your okay days on your personal blog, okay? But that's the first thing. Create the best content that you can at that moment. Yes, you should do that. There's not a time limit on um, how little or how much you should do it. There's not a day of the week. There's not a frequency. There's none of that. But when you're creating content, yes, it should be the best that you can create at that moment. Even if it's three sentences, make them really good three sentences if you can. Okay. The other thing you should do as a blogger or as a content creator in general is make it as easy as possible for people to find and consume your content, okay? If you're trying to get noticed, whether because this is your creative outlet or because you're trying to make a living at this and you want to get clients or you want to get sponsorships or you want to do, you want to sell some sex toys through affiliate links, whatever it is you're trying to do, I don't care what your goal is, 
you have to make sure somebody finds you. If nobody can find you and nobody knows that you're out there creating beautiful, sexy, amazing content, what the hell does it matter? What, is, what the hell does that goal of wanting to be found and wanting to make money even matter? So what that can look like for the vast majority of us is you do not have to be on all the social media outlets, but should you be on one, may, maybe two, if you can fit that in easily? I think so. Is Twitter typically the easiest for most of us in the sex blogging smut lancing world? Usually, yeah, we get shadow banned. I'm currently shadow banned under my personal account right now. Um, yeah, they censor us, yes, but those things are true everywhere. Um, and Twitter, for many of us, tends to be the best one. That doesn't mean it's the only one. I know people who do great on Instagram. I, um, I think I have personally pinned two or three things of my own content. And I still get traffic from it, so that Pinterest is a great resource. For some people, Facebook works. I hate Facebook, so I only use it for uh, client work. I and auto posting to my own page, but it's not a place I live. So pick one. If you've got the bandwidth, go for two um, and get yourself out there. Now you can completely reject social media. I don't necessarily think that's the best idea for people who want to make money at this. If you just wanna be a blogger who doesn't give a shit who reads you, you do you y'all. But if you are trying to be found, I, you, I feel like you have to be on at least one social media outlet. The one you wanna be on, stick with that. But the other thing you need to do if you want people to read your co content and they should or see your content because I know not everybody's a writer, your website needs to be mobile friendly. It needs to be easy to read. Now, most of us are probably fine. If you have updated your site with a new theme or you've gone with a new provider, or you've done something new with your site in the past one to two years, there's a really good chance it was automatically a mobile enabled theme. Your website looks just fine uh, on your phone, on a tablet. But if you have not touched your website in years, there's a good chance people are pinching or um, expanding screens to try and read your content. And today's world with hundreds of thousands of yes, sex to read or consume online, nobody who doesn't love you is gonna take that time. I know people who are who read a lot of sex blogs. I know people who watch a lot of porn. I know people who love erotic photography, who want to buy from um, sex positive adult companies who will be off of your site in a heartbeat the moment they see that they have to pinch or they have to squint or they have to expand a screen to see anything. So yes, um, when we're talking about what you should do as a creator, as a smut lancer, be findable <laughs> and be readable or consumable, I guess I should say. When people get to your site, it should be easy for them to mostly navigate, you know, clear men menus are, are good too, and mobile enabled, it should fit their screen just fine. Um, how do you find out if you're like this? You pick up your phone or your tablet or whatever device you use and you type in your URL and you go check. And if you cannot easily read that content, then it's time to start making some changes because nobody's gonna read what you make difficult to read, okay? And if you have an absolutely devoted audience that's been with you since the beginning, they probably will. They love you for other reasons. They put up with that part um, because they know the content's worth it. They've decided, let's put it this way, they've decided the content's worth it. But new people, no. And Google and other search engines, but definitely Google, will penalize you for not being mobile friendly. If it, 
it's not like an immediate thing, um, but just like you need to constantly be adding new content to your site to sort of stay fresh in the search engines, your site also has to be mobile friendly. And there are tri uh, tricks and tips and tools for that. And hopefully uh, maybe I'll do a blog post on that or um, beg people who know more about it than I do to write for the site and give you the good info. Um, but yes, number two on what you should do, make it as easy as possible for people to find you and consume your content. And number three, final one on this list is not an exhaustive list, but the final one on this list is that you should do, that you absolutely should do as a smut lancer, as a sex blogger, as a creator of content, is you have to do what works best for your life. And what I mean by that is if you can only create content on this one day for this little bit of time, then that's what you do. That's what works for you. If you can only devote attention to one social media outlet or social media is so not your thing, then you have got to do what is best for you. Only you know your life, okay? Only you know what your health struggles are, what your relationships are like, what your work is like, kids, parents, whoever you're taking care of, only you know that. And you have got to make this work within that. Now, I am a big believer in pushing through hard times and sometimes just putting your ass in a seat and getting shit done. But you know what? I'm also the person who has to work half days when I've got nothing but doctor's appointments for a week. And I'm the same person who will put my blogging to the side because I've got a kid who's got a nightmare. I've got a kid who's got a school program or whatever's going on. Other things have to take precedence and sometimes I even have to step back from my own blogging as much as I don't like it because that's what's good for me right now. It doesn't matter what the SEO tricks are. It doesn't matter what the Google experts tell you about creating content and how often and how long. I have to do what works for me right now. So as long as you're fairly clear in what you think your goals might be and you have in your mind sort of a, a path on how to achieve that goal, the things that come up day to day have to be what's best for your life. Yeah, sometimes you gotta push through. Sometimes you gotta, you gotta, you know, not have fun for this one hour and do some work here so you can go have fun later. You know, those things do happen too. But for the most part, you have to figure out what works best for your life, not the ideal blogger's life, not the ideal entrepreneur's life. That's all bullshit, okay? There are ways to make all these best tips and best practices and work hacks and, you know, the solopreneur life, blah, 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 all that stuff that's out there. There are ways to make them work within your life. You do not have to follow checklists to the letter if they don't work for you. So what you should do is do what works best for you and your life right now. Those things can change and adapt as your life changes and adapts. I, I was forced to take a blogging hiatus when all my sites went down for two months. And then I had to ease back into blogging because I had kind of lost the habit for it. And I had realized I really enjoy reading books at night and not blogging for two hours. Um, and I am finally getting back into my groove where it's enjoyable again because for two months, what was best was to not touch my site because it didn't work. For a month, what was best to just chill out a little bit and relax and take my time and just exist for a while. And now what is best for me is that I'm getting back into my groove and I'm creating more content and I'm enjoying the hell out of it because it doesn't feel rushed or forced. So that's how that looks. And it's a constantly shifting, changing thing based on what's going on in your life. Okay, 
enough of that particular part of the rant. Let's go into another rant. So what are three things, and I, I used three because that was easy, y'all. We could say 10, we could say 100. What are three things you don't have to do, okay? Things that either you've been told somewhere that you really should do this, this would be great, and you, you're resisting it, or things you have convinced yourself you have to do, and they're just, they're, they're making it impossible for you to move forward or to feel good about what you're doing. Okay, so number one, you do not have to, nor should you, worry about what other creators are doing, writing, or making, okay? It is fine to admire other bloggers. It is fine to admire other company owners. It's fine to admire other freelancers or published writers that you wanna be like. There's That's actually, for the most part, not a bad thing because it can sometimes push you to work a little bit harder because you're like, oh, I see what they're doing over there. I'd love to have something like that. Where it becomes toxic, and just, just bad, is when you see what somebody else is doing and you berate yourself for not doing it, or you start trying to be somebody different than who you are and changing your habits and your patterns in your life to fit what you believe is this ideal creator, right? So that takes me back to this idea of commenting on everything. Um, The original uh, Twitter conversation that inspired me today. Is it nice when you can to comment on as many blogs as possible? Yes, I can na- I can create a list for you of why that's a good idea to do. However, if you don't feel like you're saying anything meaningful, if it's just this box you're checking and you don't even care and you're barely even skimming the content and you're you're resenting it, why are you doing it? Are you doing it because somebody a long time ago said, this is what we do? Well, that was a long time ago. In the online world, certain things don't change, really. Treating each other kindly, being respectful, that's that's just good manners and behavior all the time. But this idea that every single blog requires a comment, that's, in terms of blogging, a little old-fashioned. You know, if it moves you, if it, it makes you think, if it gives you a reaction, you know, that's hopefully positive, and you feel compelled to share it, please comment. I, I know I speak on behalf of all bloggers out there. We love heartfelt comments, uh, as long as they're not trolls and idiots. But if you're going through this because, well, I participate in this meme and there are 80 entries this week, but I have told myself I have to go comment on every one of them because this blogger does and that blogger does. No, the hell you don't. No, the hell you don't. You have to go back to the first list. You have to do what works best for your life. When you have time to comment on more, to read more, do it. When you don't, don't. There's no rule. There's no scorekeeper, okay? And quite frankly, all the comparing we do, we've had this conversation before, we'll have it again in the future. All that comparing we're doing to ourselves is hurting our creative process. We're not getting anything done because we're spending so much time worrying that we're not doing it, quote, the right way, like, X blogger, you know, Y podcaster or Z vlogger, like whoever they are out there that you're watching and you're going, oh, I wish I was like them or, oh, I have to do it like this person does it or like these listicles I've read online. No, the hell you don't. No, the hell you don't. Okay. So number two, what you do not have to do, be everywhere all the time. So you remember a little bit ago when I said, I feel like you, if it works for you, you should have at least one social media presence when you're trying to be found. I I, I still maintain that, but you do not have to be everywhere doing all the things all the time. First of all, unless blogging is your full-time job and that is my personal dream, you can't be. 
right? We've already had this conversation. Life has to take precedence. The things that matter to your world outside of your blogging, as important as blogging or vlogging or podcasting or selling products might be, you can't, you cannot be everywhere. The other things, other parts of your life have to have space as well. Um, There is for some people who are, Uh, who want to grow their audience and they're working really hard to do that, there's this fear that if you're not everywhere, you're gonna miss out. It is possible that you might miss one or two people. You're not gonna miss hordes of people if you're not on every single um, social media outlet. I And I tell you this as somebody who has an account on I believe all of the major social media outlets. Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest and Instagram and Google Plus, YouTube technically, Reddit, have anywhere else? Those are the ones that are coming immediately to mind. There might be others I'm not even thinking of. I can't spend my whole day monitoring those. So I monitor the ones that are my favorites. I have plans for when there's, when I can move things around and devote more time to it to do a little bit more. I'd love to be more Pinterest friendly, not because I intend for there to be a whole lot of interaction there, but because I know if you have decent pins and decent content and you're talking about, you know, something other than sort of the common Pinterest topics, you can drive traffic to your site, but it's not a top priority. Just like Instagram, even though I know every time I show the safe for Instagram version of a boob day pic, I know I'm gonna get 20 or 30 hits from Instagram that day so they can go see my tits. Like I know that's happening, but it's not something that I stay on top of all the time. It works when I have time. Where I devote my time happens to be Twitter because that's where I enjoy being. You don't have to be everywhere all the time unless you're in a position where you can devote pretty much full-time hours to whatever your content is that you're creating. You're not even gonna be able to and you will just make yourself frantic trying to keep up with it. So consider this permission to not do that. Number three, it kind of goes with the first two. Um, maybe, maybe it's just a different way of saying it, but I put it as number three. You do not have to try to keep up with or compete with anyone else. I know every single one of us out there has a fellow sex blogger or podcaster or whoever that we go, oh, they do it so much better than I do. I wish I could be like them, right? Or we say the opposite of, oh, they do it so much better than I do. Why am I even bothering? Okay, so this is probably more common than we realize. I have said this in different ways at different times, certainly in a podcast episode, that every creative person I've ever met and had a conversation with gets some version of this. Some of us get it really bad. Some of us, it's kind of mild. The more, and I do this, the longer I blog, the longer I publish, the longer I put my name out there um, on content of some sort, the more this fades for me. Um, But what matters most is focusing on what you're doing. What is it you want to do? What is it you know how to do? And what are you willing to do to get that done? The rest of it doesn't matter. Can you pick up some good tips and some great turns of phrase and some interesting perspectives by reading other blogs or following other people? Of course you can, and you should. We all learn sort of through osmosis that way. Um, I have never knowingly, knock on wood, 
lifted uh, some sort of expression or way of saying something from another writer, but reading how they wrote something has made me go, ooh, I should, huh, I like that. How would I say it in my way? And it's made me think, right? So that does happen and it should happen. And it's one good reason that we should follow each other, not just the audience we necessarily want to interact with. It's, it is a good thing, but when it becomes almost this obsession or when it derails your own ability to create content, you've got at certain point, you've got to find a way within you to go, nope, not doing this. Stop. No more. This is not working and focus on what you are making. I promise you nobody else is as concerned about the content you create as you are. So what I mean by that is when you are worried that your content is not as good as this person or that person or that person, they are not looking at you going, oh, their content isn't as good as mine. What they are likely doing is saying, oh my gosh, my content isn't as good as this person or that person or this person. We're kind of on some level all doing it. A little bit to a lot, but somewhere in there we're doing it. I do it a lot less now because quite frankly, I'm too busy. I um, love my sex blogging community. I love my sex blogging friends. I wish I had more time to spend with them, but I had to sort of find online. I mean, I had to figure out my priorities and my top priority is the stuff that pays the bills. Okay. My clients, the work that I promise that I will get done every day, every week, every month. My second priority is to my audience. And I know I have sex bloggers in my audience. Now this is the smut Lancer audience. I know I've got the sex blogging community in this audience. That's what this show and the website is made for. But when I shift over to kaylalords.com or lovingbdsm.net or even Masturbation Monday, which is part for the reader, part for the writer, my audience is not other people necessarily creating a bunch of content. It's people who come to my site, whichever one it might be, for something specific. And what I have to do is focus on giving that to them, okay? I cannot spend my time watching Twitter or going online and beating myself up because I'm not doing what somebody else is doing. Okay. Can I get good ideas from what other people do? Sure I can. Can I be inspired? Absolutely. For me, the moment I realize that my Twitter feed is depressing me and not just because of American political news, <laughs> which is depressing enough. Thank you very much. Um, but if I see what other sex bloggers are doing and instead of being happy for them, which is what I want to be, I'm feeling bad about myself. Like I don't want to take that away from whatever their success is. I'm happy for them. But if I'm mostly miserable for myself and I'm berating myself about how I should have done this and why aren't I doing that and what's wrong with me, it's time to close down Twitter because it's not being a friendly, happy place for me anymore. It's becoming a toxic place. That's not anybody else's problem or anybody else's fault. That's on me. But that's because I decided I can't compete with anybody. I can't keep up with anybody else in the sense of do what they do, right? I want to keep up with people because I want to know what's going on in their lives. I want to see what they're writing. I want to be inspired by, the, by them. But I don't want to be driven to a place where I question everything I do because I don't, in my mind, measure up to whatever I happen to see on social media. And that, I really think if more people could convince themselves that they don't have to do that, that they can be appreciative of what other people are doing, or if it's toxic to you, ignore the hell out of it and focus on your audience, 
you would, I think you would be amazed at the freedom that opens up because now some people to go back to Kara's original conversation about blog comments will say, well, if nobody's commenting on my blog, how do I know? You've got to look at your numbers. Are people coming to your, to your site? Are the numbers growing? They don't have to be huge right now. They just need to be growing. Do you have a handful of posts that are your like most popular posts? My most popular posts are specific to BDSM, specifically dominance and submission. They are typically my rantier posts. Um, They're the ones where I sort of lay out what I think about BDSM and DS, um, which is why I have an entire site devoted to that because I realized there was this massive audience out there that I might be able to create good content for. And it also is why even in my most personal gut-wrenching What's one reason why? In my most personal and gut-wrenching content, there's always an element of DS. Absolutely, now. There's always an element of DS in my content because that is part of my life. I live a 24-7 dominance and submission relationship. It permeates everything. But even in posts where most people go, but you're talking about your anxiety. Yes, let me tell you how that affects me as a submissive. Why? Because by sheer fact of the numbers, I know what my audience is looking for. I at least have an idea. The other way to gauge that, I look at who's following me. If you are a, what I might consider a random person, do not mean that in a bad way, who is not a sex blogger, who's not part of the obvious sex blogging community, you are following me for one of a handful of reasons, but in nearly every instance, it has something to do with DS, it has something to do with BDSM, it has something to do with what I call kinky fuckery, which tells me that that is what's drawing people to me. So therefore, I don't have to look at what every other blogger on the planet is creating and what they're writing about or what they're talking about or what their thing is. I just have to look at what people are doing to come find me and that gives me the freedom to focus on them. It is difficult, I'm still working on it. It is very easy for my focus to go in a different direction and for Twitter to become toxic to me because my mind is not where it needs to be. But again, that's on me, there's about the choices I make. Okay, so let's recap on what you don't have to do. You don't have to, and you shouldn't, and please, 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 if you can, stop worrying about what other people are doing, creating, or writing. You don't have to be everywhere all the time, and you don't, and you shouldn't, and please stop trying to keep up with or compete with any of your fellow creators, okay? It's bad for, it's so bad for you. It stunts the the creations you might be making. It stunts your writing. It stunts the next product or the next thing you're going to put out. Yes, am I in a bad moment for me going to think simultaneously, I am so happy for them. And also, God, why didn't I think of that? Of course I am. It's human nature. What I'm not going to do is let it affect my interactions with that person. And if it's something that I'm noticing happening all the time, I'm going to remove myself until I am more centered and can focus on what really matters. And No matter what your personal goals are in this, no matter what kind of content you're creating, if you're listening to something called the Smut Lancer podcast, I think it's a safe bet that your ultimate goal is to create content that matters to you in whatever form that comes in and to live a life that has a space for this kind of work, whether it's a passion project where you never make any money on it or you're trying to earn money or a combination, okay? But if you put all of your energy into things that you really don't need to do that aren't doing anything but really hurting you and hurting your process, you're gonna slow yourself down and you're not gonna get where you wanna be 
um, as fast as you could. It's all a slow process. I use the word fast very lightly because hmm, nothing about this is fast, but if you really want to slow it down to a crawl so it doesn't move at all, then spend your time worrying about what other people are doing and try to be somebody you're not. But if you want to make some forward movement, then you're going to have to let go of that stuff and you're going to have to be who you are. So, wow, that was a second rant. Two rants, one show. Um, I feel like we just had a BOGO here. I don't know. I did run a little long in this episode, so I apologize. Um, hopefully that helps somebody. And if um, if you have some more thoughts or you have questions um, about anything I've talked about, please, please, please hit me up. So thanks for listening to the Smut Lancer podcast with me, Kayla Lords. If you like what you just heard, please leave a review on your favorite podcast app and check out the blog, past episodes, and other great info at thesmutlancer.com. You can follow The Smut Lancer on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I'm at The Smut Lancer in all three places. Feel free to reach out there or by email at Kayla at thesmutlancer.com with questions or topic suggestions. Thanks for listening and let's do this again next week. Mm-hmm.